learn from your word. I pray that you would speak to hearts, and Lord, that you would help us to understand these principles and these truths that are in your word. And Lord, I just pray that you would just convict hearts, Lord, and help each one of us to realize that we will reap what we sow. We thank you for Esther's testimony and Mordecai's testimony and pray that you would just bless this time as we learn from their lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, do you remember last time we left off on a cliffhanger? But let's catch up real quick for anybody who wasn't here. If you remember, we have this here. Who is that? Anybody remember? Very good. King Ahasuerus. Anybody remember what he's called in secular history? Xerxes. Very good. We have this king. He was a ruthless king, right? And he married a queen, Esther. And then we had a villain come into the story. You remember the villain? His name was? No, Mordecai was a good guy. Remember? Oh, I can't believe you said that. I didn't hear that. Haman, Haman. I was talking to a friend this morning in Israel, um, and uh, she married a Jewish man, and they celebrate a special holiday that we're going to talk about at the end of the Bible story. And um, she was saying that they get together as communities, and they read the book of Esther during the special holiday. And they did this um, a couple months ago during in the month of March. And when they read, when Haman's name is said, they have these little noisemakers, and they clack it to make noise so they can't hear it. His name read in the Bible, and they'll make lots of noise, and everybody starts going, boo, boo. All the kids holler, boo, when Haman's name is read. And then when they say the name Esther, all the kids go, yay, and they cheer because she's the heroine of the story. And then when they hear Mordecai, the kids go, yay, and then they come back to Haman, they all go, boo, and they make the noise because they don't want his name to be heard in their ears. And so, it's kind of a fun way to read the Bible story. So next time your moms and dads read the book of Esther, I'm kidding. Get your dad's permission before you do it. But Haman, you remember, he got the king to make that special rule that um, he was so important. He was so special that everybody had to um, bow down to him. Anyway, of course, you remember this, this one guy back here, Mordecai, wouldn't do it. So he went to the king, got him to make the decree. And actually the king, remember, gave him his ring, his signet ring, that he would put the stamp on laws. And so they made the special law that on this certain day that all the Jews throughout the country were to be killed. But the king didn't fully understand what law he was having Haman make, but Haman convinced him that it was for his benefit. It was for the benefit of his kingdom. And so the king foolishly and blindly went along. But the decree was made. And so they were to gather up all the Jews and they were to kill him on a certain day. So what did Mordecai do? No, he didn't rejoice. He ripped his clothes and he started praying and weeping and begging God for mercy. And he sat down at the gate of the palace. And remember, he was, he's finally sent a message to Esther and he and Esther sent messages back and forth. And he told Esther that perhaps God had brought her into the kingdom for this very purpose. <clears throat> what was the very purpose? To save her people. And so he told her, if you're too scared to go and talk to the king, well, God will raise up somebody else to save the Jews, but you're going to die. So she had a choice. What was she going to do? Remember, there was a special law that they had. 
the only person allowed into the king's presence, into his throne room, was a person who had been invited. If you were not invited and you walked into that palace courtroom, what was going to happen? You were done, right? But if you were to walk in, the king looked at you. If he went like this, you knew you were okay. You were safe. But if the king just sat there and looked at you, oh boy. Yeah, you're dead. I mean, it's over for you. So Esther knew she needed to see that. I mean, this one's silver. It's James's spinning baton. He asked me why I needed it for the service. I said I was going to throw it up and see who I could hit. But no, if I threw it up, it probably hit someone. But James can do it. He can throw it around and spin it and catch it out in front of him. But he had a golden scepter. And if he held that golden scepter out to Esther, she would be safe. So she sent word to her cousin, Mordecai, that they were to pray. And they were to gather all the Jews together that were in Shushan, in Susa, as it's called in history books and in, on maps today. They were to gather them together. And I want to read <clears throat> these verses from the Bible. When she sent this final message, this was her final message to her cousin. She said, go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. See, sometimes people say I'm going to fast for three days, but then they'll, when the sun goes down, they go and pick out and say they're fasting for three days. She said, uh-uh, not day, not night. We need to be really serious with God. She said, I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go unto the king, which is not according to the law. She said, I'm going to be breaking the law to go into the king's throne room without an invitation. She said, so if I'm going to do this and survive, we've got to get help. Who were they going to get help from? From God. And then she spoke those words, which we left with last time. And if I perish, I perish. It says, so Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. In the past, she had obeyed him because he had been like a father to her. But this time he obeyed the queen. And they gathered everybody up. And for three days and for three nights, they fasted and they prayed and they asked God to deliver them. Well, it came the third day and she got up and the Bible says she got all dressed up. She got dressed up real pretty. I mean, she wants the king to want her in the courtroom. So she knows she ought to look real good. So she dressed up real extra pretty and she went into the king's throne room. And when she walked into the king's throne room, she looked at the king to find out what he was going to do. And when she walked in, he saw her, and the Bible says that he had favor on her, and he reached out that scepter to her. Oh, she could breathe now. She probably hadn't breathed good for three days and three nights. Now she can get a, a breath of fresh air. The king has held out his scepter. She has favor. God has answered their prayers. God heard them. And so she comes before the king and he said, Esther, what is your desire? What do you want? I'll give you anything up to half of the kingdom. If you want to own half of my kingdom, you can have it. What do you want? 
That was pretty good. She must have looked really good that day. Well, Queen Esther said, I want to, I'll ask you tomorrow. I want you to come to a banquet. And I want you to command Haman to come to the banquet. I'm preparing a special meal for just the two of you. And when you come there, then we'll talk about it. Well, the king liked this idea. I mean, a special banquet for him and his top guy, Haman. This will be fun. And so the king agreed. He said, we'll come to your feast. Well, actually, I said tomorrow. It would be later that day she had prepared the feast. She was probably really hungry by now. And so she has prepared this meal. So the king says, go get Haman, and we're going to come. So they went down to this feast. Well, what do you think Haman thought? Haman was a, a proud man. You remember how proud he was? He liked everybody bowing to him. He wanted to be the greatest. He was such a wealthy man that he, he had offered to pay the expenses for the nation in order to be able to carry out this execution of the Jews throughout their huge kingdom. Well, now he's being not only honored by the king, now he's being honored by the queen. He knows he must be doing something right. He, his heart is so proud. His heart is so arrogant. And they're sitting at this banquet and the king asks again, well, Esther, what do you want? Up to half the kingdom, I'll give you whatever you want. You can have it, honey. And she said, well, I want you to come back tomorrow for another day at the banquet. Haman got excited. I get to come back again tomorrow. So they got up and they left the banquet. Well, as Haman goes out the door and then he gets to the gate of the palace, there's a man who works in the palace gate. Anybody remember who works at the palace gate? Mordecai. That's right. That's his job. He works in the palace gate. And when he walked by, the Bible says Haman got mad because not, now he, first of all, he's happy. He's so joyful. Uh, the word joyful is used, but it, it doesn't last. It's just temporary happiness. He's happy because the king likes him and the queen likes him. And he thinks he's going to get even more authority and more control than ever before. And he's walking out of the gate. And the Bible says that Haman did not move out of his way, nor did he stand. Now th picture this, more, Haman starts walking through and all, all of these wise men and rulers, they're all sitting here in the gate and he walks by, oh, oh, here's great Haman. And they bow to him. And Mordecai's sitting over here and Haman walks by and he doesn't give him the time of day. Haman walks right by, he doesn't stand up to honor him. He doesn't bow. And he doesn't even move out of the way. It, may, it sounds kind of like Haman, I mean, Mordecai was in a position where Haman would have to go around him. And he didn't like that. He thought, this guy is so rude. But he had a plan, right? He was going to kill all the Jews. This was going to happen. It was already in his plan. But now he is so mad, he went home. And he started telling on Mordecai to his wife. He called all his friends together and he called his wife to his house and he started pouting 
and telling them, first of all, he told them about how rich he was, and he told them about how many kids he had. He was bragging about his kids. He was really prideful, apparently, about his kids, which we'll find out later on in the story was part of his fall. But he was so proud of his kids, so he starts bragging about his money, and he starts bragging about his riches. He starts bragging about his kids. He starts bragging about how the king had honored him. He starts bragging about how the king had promoted him. Then he starts bragging about how that the queen today had a feast. And I was the only person invited except for the king. Only me and the king were allowed in the room. It was so cool. I mean, I am like this with Queen Esther now. I mean, we're, I'm in. But Haman, would, I mean, Mordecai wouldn't move out of my way and he didn't stand up to honor me. And all of this is worthless as long as he's alive. I want him dead. None of this means anything. He was pouting. Boy, he was mad. Well, his wife, I mean, you can tell she's such a lovely lady by the picture of her here. And his beautiful wife with the claws there. <sighs> Yesterday, when I was putting the slideshow together, I started laughing out loud. She was just so funny and creepy to me. I was home by myself having to look at her, and I was scared. Especially when I thought about what she said next. She said, why don't you build a gallows 75 feet high and hang him? Talk about hang him high. She was going to hang this guy really high. And all the friends said, oh, yeah, 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 that's a good idea, Haman. And she said, you could go and ask the king. And she's talking about before the banquet tomorrow. When you go back, you go and you ask the king, get his permission to hang Haman, Mordecai, and then you can go back to the party with a happy heart. Isn't that sweet? Well, nighttime came. No, it wasn't very sweet. Nighttime came. Haman is so excited. He has his plan. He tells him, go build, go build the thing. Get it ready right now. Well, the people of the kingdom go to bed that night, but the king couldn't sleep. Something was bothering him. He just couldn't sleep. So finally, he called for his servants. He said, come here. I want you to read to me the chronicles of my kingdom. Now, the chronicles, we have two books of chronicles in the Bible. First and second chronicles. A chronicle is... a a historical record of major events that happened. So this was major events, important things, really important stuff that happened in Azuerus' kingdom. So they start reading to him. And I guess this is kind of his bedtime reading. And so they're reading the bedtime story, and it's all about him and his kingdom. And then they get to the part of the story where this guy Mordecai that worked in the gate caught these other two men that worked in the gate trying to plan the assassination of Ahasuerus. And he said, wait, 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 stop. Did we ever do anything to honor Mordecai for saving my life? No, we never did anything. We never rewarded him in any way. No, we never rewarded him in any way. No, we got to deal with this. We got to deal with this right now. And it must have been morning by this point because someone had just walked into the outer court and that was Haman. Haman was on his way first thing in the morning to ask the king's permission to go hang Mordecai. So he's out in the outer court and the king says, who's, who's around? Hey, is there anybody in the courtroom yet? And they, they went and they looked and they came back. They said, Haman's here. He said, oh, perfect. I'll have Haman help me figure out 
how we're going to reward Mordecai. But nobody bothered to tell Haman who they were going to honor. So Mordecai, I mean, Haman comes into the room. The king says, what should we do to a man that the king desires to honor? Haman was so proud, right? The Bible says that in his heart, he thought that the king must be talking about him because there was no one else in the kingdom that the king would want to honor as much as him because he was so special. That's what he thought. So he gets excited. The king said, what should we do to him? So Haman started thinking, what do I want them to do to me? Okay, number one, he said, go get, we should get some of the clothes that you used to wear. So find one of the robes that you've worn before and that gets to wear that. And then take your crown and let him wear it. And then get your horse that you ride around on and let him ride on your horse. And then have one of the most important princes of the whole kingdom walk in front of him. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Mordecai. He'll walk before him and he'll tell everyone, this is how the king treats the person that's so special that the king wants to honor. And he'll shout it in the whole city. Well, as he's thinking about that, he's picturing himself up there riding along, being honored. And at this point, I mean, think about it. He comes riding back in on the king's horse and then just says, hey, can I hang Mordecai? And the king is surely to say, sure, you know, it'll be no big deal. He's so excited. The king loved the idea. That's a great idea. He said, do it right away. Go get my rope, get my crown here, go get my horse, and go get Mordecai the Jew. And I love it. It says Mordecai the Jew. He wanted to kill the Jews. And now he's having to honor Mordecai the Jew. Can you imagine Haman shocked? No, 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 no. That was me that was supposed to your robe. That was me that was supposed to wear your crown. That was me that was going to ride your horsey. That was me that they were going to talk about. Now I've got it. Yes, sir. The king said, hurry, hurry, go do it right now. So he went out and he got the robe. What was happening? Haman was beginning to reap what he had been sowing. He was so proud in his heart. He was so arrogant. He wanted to destroy Mordecai. And he wanted to destroy all of the Jews. But did God allow him to be exalted? God started bringing him down. Let's read our memory verse together. Ready? Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Galatians 6, 7. Haman had been sowing in pride, and he was reaping the fruit. Pride brings destruction. A haughty spirit brings a fall. Well, today was the beginning of his fall And he must have been so angry and so sad as he went out and as he put that robe on Mordecai and put that crown on his head and then helped him get up on the horsey and then walked through town saying, this is what the king does to the man he honors. (laughs) Can you imagine? Haman, this was not his good day. It was a very bad day for Haman. Well, Later that day, it's time for the banquet. 
his day is about to get worse. Because they get to the banquet that day. Well, he, he goes home, cries to his wife and to his friends, tells them what's happening. And his wife says, uh-oh, this is just the beginning. She realizes her husband is doomed. This is not going to go good. He gets, while he's telling his wife, while he's whining to his wife, king's servants come to get him for the banquet. Well, he goes to the banquet and they sit down and they start eating and drinking. And the king looks at Esther once again and says, are you ready to tell me now what you want? I'll give you anything up to half of the kingdom. You can have whatever you want, sweetie. And the queen looks at him and says, my people have been delivered to die, to be killed and to perish to be destroyed. There is an enemy that wants to destroy us. She said, if this enemy was just going to make us slaves, I would not say a word. I would be a slave. But this man wants to kill me and wants to kill my people. And it made the king so angry. He said, who is this man? And she pointed her finger over and said, it is this wicked Haman. The king was so angry, he jumped up and he stormed out of the room and he went out to the courtyard, to the garden. Well, Esther's left in the room with Haman. Well, what does Haman do? Haman realizes that the king is so angry, he said, oh no, I'm about to be killed. You remember the people that Ahasuerus had had killed? Those men that built the bridge? You remember the bridge we talked about in the first Bible lesson? Those men built the bridge and then the bridge got knocked down by the storm. And so he had the men killed because they built a bridge that got knocked down by a storm. And then he had them go out and beat the waves, remember, to punish the water for knocking down his bridge. And not all there. And now he's so angry and he walks out of the room. Haman has seen this kind of behavior before from the king and he knows he's in trouble. So he wants help. So he decides he's going to stand up and beg the queen for mercy. But as he stands to beg the queen for mercy, as the king is storming out of the room, he falls and he falls onto the queen's bed where she's sitting. As he falls on and he's crying and he's asking for help, you gotta save me, you gotta do something for me. The king walks in the room and says, what are you doing on my wife's bed? Get off of there. And as he starts screaming at Haman, the servants run in and they take a blanket and they cover Haman's face. They don't want his face seen again. And they cover his face and they start dragging him out of the room. And they tell him he has, the, um, he has this gallow that he's built. He has this gallows that he's built. The king said, take him home and hang him on his own gallows. Why was all of this happening to him? This man had mocked God and had mocked God's people and tried to destroy God's people. And Galatians 6, 7 says, read it with me. Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. Haman had sowed to the flesh. He had tried to destroy God's people and he was taken out and he was destroyed. Well, when he was killed, the king turns around and says, Esther, I'm turning over the house of Haman. So this is going to be his wealth, his riches, his servants, his slaves, his properties. Now Esther gets it. Esther, this is yours. And then she says, Well, let me tell you who Mordecai is, because she's kept this secret all these years. She says, Mordecai is actually my 
prison. He raised me when my parents died. And so she begins to tell him <clears throat> who Mordecai is. Well, he turns to Mordecai and he get, takes the ring, his signet ring that he had given to Haman, and he gives it to Mordecai. And the queen falls on her knees. Now, now let, me, let me stop here before we get to her falling on her knees. Why was everything of Haman's turned over to Esther? The person, one of the people he hated. By the way, guess who Esther turned over the ru ruling of house of Haman? Guess who got to control it all? Um, That's right. Now Mordecai the Jew, who he hated, rules over all of his house. Why? Say it with me. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Queen Esther fell on her face before the king, and she said, But king, king, all throughout your kingdom, they're soon going to kill all of my people. They're going to start killing the Jews. Would you please, please make a new law? Remember the laws of the Medes and Persians, it couldn't be changed, right? Once it was made, it was stuck. She said, please make a new law to save my people. So he looked at Mordecai and said, whatever you say, that's what's going to happen. So they called in the scribes and Mordecai began to explain to them what needed to happen. The king approved of it all. The scribes wrote down the rule and the rule was to be passed throughout all the nations or, or throughout all the kingdom, all the provinces of the nation. And the rule was this, that on the day appointed when all the, when the soldiers come out to kill the Jews, the Jews are to gather up in groups all over the kingdom and they're to start fighting for their lives. He said, the men, the women, the kids, get out there and fight, defend yourselves. And then once you have beat the people who are trying to kill you, you can go to their house and take all their stuff. It's yours. So they wrote down this new rule. They wrote down this law and they began to take it. Remember how big the kingdom was all the way from Ethiopia to India over here, all the way up here to Greece. It was a huge kingdom. And so but, but this kingdom had the first great road system of the world, and the first great postal system of the world. And so all of a sudden, they wrote down copies of this in every language of their kingdom, and they got on camelback, and they got on dromedary back, and they got on donkey back, and horseback. And they started writing as fast as they could throughout the kingdom, taking the news that all the Jews were to defend themselves, to protect themselves against their enemies. Well, the day came, and by this time, lots of people throughout the kingdom were so scared of Mordecai, they were afraid they were going to get in trouble. So they started saying, I'm going to convert. I'm a Jew now. And so all these people started becoming Jews so that they didn't get in trouble. Well, then all the government officials in all these certain places started saying, you know what? We better help the Jews. So the government officials started going out and helping the Jews fight. Well, on that day, there was so much fighting that in Shushan the palace, remember there was Shushan the palace and Shushan the city, two separate places right by each other. In Shushan the palace alone, the men who came out and started trying to kill the Jews, there were 500 of them that were killed that day. There were so many of them. And when word got back to the king that 500 men in his own palace had tried to kill the Jews, Esther said, take the 10 sons of Haman and hang and the king said, that's what we're going to do, because if they've stirred up this kind of trouble here, I can't imagine what they've done throughout the kingdom. Take all of his sons and hang them. Why? 
Read the verse with me. Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Galatians 6, 7. Haman thought he could mock God, but now Haman's dead. And now his sons are dead. And the Bible tells us throughout the kingdom that, that, that the reaping that took place of Haman and his followers, we already said his 10 sons were hanged. 500 men were killed in Shushan, the palace. 300 were killed in Shushan, the city. And throughout the kingdom, 75,000 men were killed that rose up to destroy the Jews. But when the end of that day had come, the Jews were still alive. And the Bible says that they didn't go and collect any of the stuff from their enemies' houses they were contented to have been delivered by God. Now, why did all those people have to die? Read it with me again. Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Haman had led against God's people, and now he and his people had been destroyed. But you know what? Every one of us, we can sow bad seed, can't we? In fact, every single one of us, the Bible says we are all sinners. Read this verse with me, Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. And what's the consequences for our sin? What do we reap because of our sin? Romans 6, 23, read it with me. For the wages of sin is Death, we are separated from God when we die. Even today, if you have sinned against God, every one of us is a sinner, but you have never put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're separated from God. You are spiritually dead. And when you die, you'll go to hell to live with the devil and his demons. That's not where I want to be. But that is what we reap because of our sin. But Romans 5, 8, read that one with me. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus is our savior and he came to die on the cross and he was buried. But what happened? Three days later, he rose again from the dead and read Acts 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So God's promise to us is if we put our faith in him, he will save us. He'll save us from our sin. Well, they decided that they needed to take that day when God had given them victory. They were going to take that day and make it a holiday. It would be a day of feasting and a day of celebration. They would send presents to each other and they would make special um, gifts for the poor to help the poor. And they said throughout all generations, Jews will do this everywhere. And that became not only a tradition, but, but Mordecai wrote it down to be a law. Mordecai and Esther wrote this down. Well, the people throughout the kingdom held a big celebration. And did you know that every year, still today, Jews throughout the world hold a celebration we call it the Festival of Purim or Purim. And it was named after, does anybody remember how it was that um, Haman decided how to kill the Jews? When and how? 
Anybody remember what he and his men would do? It was a dice type of thing. It was called pur, and they would come and they would roll the, they'd throw the thing every day for a whole year. You remember? They came together every day, throw it to try to figure out how they were going to do it to get all of their um, ducks in a row. What day should we kill them on and how are we going to kill them? And as they made their plans, they began to throw or cast Purim or Purim. Well, they decided we're going to name this holiday after Pur. We're going to call it the holiday of Purim. And this year, throughout the world, Jews still celebrated it. On March the 16th and 17th, I think it was this year, Jews around the world celebrated. What did they celebrate? Now, today, Israel is a secular nation, and they celebrate in all kinds of bad ways, doing all kinds of things. Some of them still good. They still give presents. They still give to the poor. But in some ways, it's just turned into a big Halloween party for a lot of people. I have a friend who lives in Israel who celebrates Purim in a Jewish way, and she said every year they have to decide what parts of it they're going to take part in and which parts they're not. But they started celebrating. Why did they celebrate? Because God always wins. They have this thing they'll say before they eat their feast, their Purim feast. They say, they tried to kill us. They couldn't. Let's feast. What are they celebrating? They're celebrating the fact that God always wins. So you have a choice today. Are you going to be on God's side? Are you on the winning team? But if you're going to be on the winning team, you're going to have to do things God's way. The next verse after our memory verse says, he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. When you decide to do things your own way and go against God's word, he says you'll reap corruption. But when you sow to the spirit, when you do things God's way, you'll of the spirit reap life ever lasting. God has blessings for those who put their faith in him. God has blessings for those who do things his way. As we walk away from this story and we remember what happened with Haman and with Esther and with Mordecai, what's the verse that we need to memorize from today? Galatians, say it with me. Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Let's sing our song one more time. Miss Mercy, you want to come sing it with me? We'll sing.